Welcome to Backyard Boards and Beer, a rink building podcast. We are in no means authorities on rink building, but the three of us have a ton of experience with our completely different rink setups. Consider us your outdoor rink therapists, so grab a beer and let's get into it. Season 2, Episode 4. Welcome back, boys. Good to be back. Eric. Yes, Mike. How are we doing, buddy? I am fantastic. How are you? Good, 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 good. We got somebody new sitting with us today. We got Mike Pfeiffer. Hey, how's everybody doing? Good. We're good. Thanks for joining us, Frank. Oh, yeah, sure. Long-time listener, fan of the show. You've helped build rinks. You've helped build my rink. I have, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of building rinks, I'm just going gonna, gonna to get the elephant out of the room to start. I'm not going to have a rink this year. Ugh. I know. I know. You know, I'm already on record this season saying that the smaller rink was going to be the biggest regret of your season. It was. We have a new low and a new regret. I don't, I don't think so. Looking, looking at the weather in Wisconsin right now, I don't think a rink's possible. How does that make you feel? I don't know yet. I mean, obviously. Sad. It, does, it does make me sad. Yeah, but at this point, there's nothing you can do about it, right? It's, it's not a choice just yet. Physically, you can't have one. The weather isn't contingent enough to, to make right, that happen. Right, Jim, you cannot physically have a rink right now. At the moment. Early December, Wisconsin, turning to mid-December, temperatures in the 40s, not, not enough consistent Mm-mm. cold temps to have one. But I'm an optimist. We're still early in the season, and I'm, tr- I'm feeling in my bones some early January good weeks. So minimum number of skate days for it to be a good year? One. One? <laughs> wow. You know, you can just rent ice time and pet it. Yeah, it's not the same as that one good day you get out there with your kiddo. But Eric, you're you're resolved to the fact that if we if we've made it this far without freezing weather, you're you're no go. I it. I mean, we had we had a discussion at home, and the family Zoe was sad. Sure, but I'm you know you you look at those photos of those the rinks, and you're like, I'm gonna miss staring at a rink out my window. But I, I have come to the conclusion that even if it best case scenario, you're looking what mid January to skate. I get three weeks. I gotta go to Ireland. Not that I have. I'm like, don't. I'm not saying it that way. Like, I'm going to Ireland, and then I come back for four weeks, and I'm going to Scotland. It just, it doesn't seem financially and physically the right move. Well, it seems like you should stay over in Europe for that. Period of time, too. Don't fly back. Yeah. No? No. Go to Ireland, then stay there, and then go to Scotland and also yeah. stay there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or traveling. Like, ice skate on a like frozen lake in the middle of Norway or something. Oh, my God. That'd be yeah. amazing. Bring the game to the fjord. Maybe I can work remote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but So you're okay with it. Now, if it was going to be a shorter season, is there something you can do to kind of scale that? I mean... Not a full-size rink, but maybe maybe a landing strip, a bowling alley, a curling rink. I don't know. I mean, maybe you can do some things with the environment you have. My big rate-limiting step is I'm direct sun. I've got a real strong south and western exposure. So it's really challenging for me when I only have at the, the low end of my rink four inches of ice to sustain that. A couple of really warm days, and it's just not skatable. Um, so maybe you could put something over it. You know, we talked to a guy last year from Utah who had the, the tarps, um, and he said that he was able to extend his season a couple of weeks by just keeping the sunlight off of it. Sure. Obviously, yeah. there's the backyard refrigeration solution. Uh, you know, if you have the disposable income to afford a chiller, that, that's an excellent way to extend the life. But 
for me, not really much I'm going to do. I'm, I'm just going to hope that it, we get a couple of weeks of cold. Would no. you Would you guys ever consider putting in fake ice? No. Um, the technology is not there yet. The, the fake ice that I've skated on, it just is not fun. Even even for just taking some clappers and. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you look at me and you think this guy's this guy's a stud. <laughs> just a sniper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just a sniper. Absolutely. Just needs some range practice. But you know, I I enjoy the skating and being out there, and I like you know the temperatures of it. And yeah, for me, it's just it's got to be the real thing, or I don't want it. Okay, a purist. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hats off to you. Now we've always talked, Eric, about the uh, the slope on your yard. Yes. And every year you talk about how you're going to resolve that Correct. in the coming spring, and you never do. Correct. Would you... Um, would not, you not to put you on blast yeah. right now. <laughs> Have you ever thought about just paving, like putting in cement? One, you're cutting down on your, on your, mowing, on your mm-hmm. mowing time in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then, worst case scenario, you've always got a, you got a little roller hockey going on in the, in the cold weathers. But... Um, do can you do a lot of people put rinks directly over cement? You can. I think now that we learned about that bracketing system where you don't have to put it in to the ground, it's possible. Yeah, there's a, there are people that do that. They put it over sport courts. Okay. I would argue though, if the money that you're going to spend to put that slab down, I would put it into a chiller. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I think you know a size of rink that you're going to put up. The concrete cost probably there's not a huge difference from a low end chiller setup to that much concrete, just to, just a guess. So I don't know that much about chillers. Yeah. How, how warm can you run those? I think probably depends on the size of the chiller, but I've heard people say 40s, 50s. Really? Because okay. if you think about it, I mean, you know, you've got these municipal, uh, like downtown, I think they had a chiller there. Um, they've got this skating set up at the, the Rock in Franklin, Wisconsin. Um, you know, we've, they're skating there, and, we are, and we've had some 50-plus degree days, and it hasn't stopped there from skating. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have I feel seen, pretty confident there. Have you seen, have you, did you check out the ring? See the I ring? did. I did. did I, saw, I saw two concussions on Friday. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy concussions. Wear your helmets, kids. Yeah. That's, that's tough. That's yeah. tough. Just a little ginger skating in a t-shirt. And why does it have to be a ginger? Because <laughs> he had bright red hair. <laughs> um, no, I, so the chiller, what's the like, I mean, because I know nothing about him either. You gonna, are you going to have to do a bunch of electric work too? Yeah, yeah. You probably need, uh, you know, I'm not an electrician, right? But what is it, a 220, 240 volt is, is the, the, the double, double mm. barrel? I probably need one of those. I'm figuring I can't plug that in and a crock pot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. It's not solar powered yet? Come on. <laughs> yeah. I do have solar at the house. Come I guess. on, Elon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would be cool, but, man, is that one of those things that's unobtainable? Are we talking about the chiller? The oh. chiller, yeah. What do you I, think? Have you ever priced it out to do your rink? I haven't, but I probably used maybe ten to twenty grand. Wow, that, that's, that's a show a we mess. should. Ha- that's a show we should have somebody with chiller systems come and talk okay. about. All right, let's. let's what are the a, options there? Let's, let's put, put a pin in that one. I think that's yeah. a, that's a good idea. But I mean, Eric's not out there doing NBA basketball, you know, playing tennis in the off season. So what are you going to do with that slab? Pickleball. You know, I have. I, oh, all right. I do have okay. a pickleball now. All right. Yeah. Are we on the pickleball wagon? I, I did buy a setup. It's still in the box. Okay. It's still brand new. It doesn't sound like you're all in yet. Well, I was all in three years ago when I bought it. 
<laughs> he's a purist. If it's not on clay, he's not playing. Yeah. <laughs> COVID. One more thing. COVID ruined your pickleball career. It ruined my pickleball career. Yeah. Or was that a COVID-based purchase? Oh, it was a COVID-based yeah. purchase. Do you think it'd be cheaper to put a clay surface in instead of cement? Or do you think we're not in the right climate for a clay? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, clay seems like it, you could patch it up pretty easily, right? Like just a little bit of a Adobe. I mean, my the Adobe. <laughs> <laughs> my clay, my clay knowledge is limited to like seventh grade art. Yeah, yeah. Where you make a horrible ashtray or a pencil container. Yeah, and I mean, you're gonna want to like skate on it in the summer, right? Rollerblade on the clay. Yeah, no, that's yeah. What that's we, why I think you go with the cement. Yeah, I guess I guess so. If I've got it, I might as well. I don't think you're skating on clay. You ever seen the French Open? Yeah, the French Open, right? That's the clay tennis tournament. Yeah, they're sliding all over the place, just running on that thing. You're not slide. You're not skating on that. I don't know. I don't I don't, yeah, you don't know, Mike. I don't know how this <laughs> well, works. Then you're playing street. I mean, there's there's like foot hockey, right? You can play foot hockey. All yeah. right, okay. Yeah. With with that um, with that French Open slide. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's how, almost like skating. nice slapper with a bunch of clay coming up at it. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know how you guys grew up, but we grew up uh, roller skating on gravel. So talking <laughs> up, ladies. And those roller skates went over our tennis shoes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Strap them in tight. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we got you on the podcast, Mike. Awesome. <laughs> your your 1980s knowledge of yeah. What was it? The the Dusty Baker, <laughs> the the hockey. Heisman Award? No. Oh, what was that? The ESPN? Uh, no, where I didn't know what. Oh, yes. Holby, yeah, yeah, Holby, Holby Baker. Yeah, the yeah, Holby yeah. Baker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just call it after an MLB player, Dusty yeah. Baker. Yeah. 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 Dusty. Still don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, yeah. So uh, you, This is a family show, so we're not going to talk about the Dusty Baker on this show. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So, full circle, you're just not doing a rink this year. I'm not doing a rink this year, no. I'm going to just skate at gyms. Yeah. If you get a rank this year. It's it's not looking great, fellas. <laughs> Can I uh, still come over and drink one day and say we're putting together? Oh, abso- absolutely. Well, we're gar- still, we'll still put the rink up. Garage bar's not closing. I mean, yeah. that's that's an all-year event. It is, yeah. Yeah. Just no, there's no outside eyes. Yeah. Well, Mike, I do have a question for you, though. Yeah, shoot. I mean, we're, you know, what, two weeks? Two weeks from Christmas? Uh, roughly, yeah. yeah. I mean, by the time this gets edited and... Hopefully, oh, wait, we're coming up on New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost Arbor Day now. Yeah, uh, I got I got some Christmas presents to buy. Sure. What what do you what do you got down here that uh, you know you know my dad? Yeah, I do. He's got a lot. He's got a big line of credit open here at the store. <laughs> so so for everyone who doesn't know, like every time I run into Eric's dad, I always tell him that he's got a a tab that he needs to close at the shop. <laughs> and uh, he's like, just let me know what I owe you. <laughs> it's always running. Like, he's he doesn't have a tab. He doesn't have a tab. He's totally square. But I, I always like to tell I thought you were going to say he just steals. <laughs> he <doesn't have> a <laughs> tab. We just let him go when he puts stuff in his pocket and walks out. He might. But for your old man. Yeah, um, what, do you, what are you recommending this year for the man who has everything down here? The prep tubs. The prep tub? For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where – Let's be honest, man. We're, we're guys, and it's Tupperware. It's hard to get excited about it, but it's one thing to to wash when you take stuff out to the grill. It's one thing to wash when you come back in. It's uh, It collapses for easy storage, so you don't have to, you know, find a huge place for it. It just – the amount of times that I've used it and uh, 
and found value in it far exceeds the times where I didn't. Is that one of those where you can like throw your pork butts in, put the top on and wait a little bit and then come yeah. back to them? Yeah. And I, uh, I proof, uh, pizza dough in them too. Mm. So yeah, I mean, you can do marinades if you have enough room in a fridge, but yeah, there, there are a thousand uses for them. I've got a different take on this. I know it's not my store, <laughs> but I'm going to talk like it is. Please do. Yeah. Uh, so I purchased a flat top grill. At the end of last season, I was all in on pizza pizza ovens, right? But when it came right down to it, I saw the the Halo Elite Four Burner Grill or Flat Top Brother, and I had to have it. And it has been life changing. Smash burgers any night of the week. I love it. My wife loves it because she doesn't have to be out there cooking. She doesn't nice. have to be out there cleaning. It's all me. It's fun. Yeah. Is is it just burgers? It is not just burgers. Uh, fried rice, fajitas. I mean, endless. I even bought some pizza supplies. I'm, I'm fully intending to to try making a pizza. I mean, this thing gets to, I'd say, eight, maybe even 900 degrees when it's closed and all the burners are on high. Yeah, it's it gets sick hot. Oh, it's a behemoth. It's just amazing. It's been life changing. You doing like Sunday brunch on that thing for everybody? We've done Sunday brunch. Yep, pancakes, eggs, bacon, all on the same surface. Um, a little bit of a learning curve with the uh, the timing, but I sure. would say by the end of the first cook, I had it down, and it was it's yeah. just amazing. It's like any other cooker. Like it, they all have their own personalities. You just gotta court them a little bit. Yep. Right. Yep. Find out what they like and how they like to be treated, and they'll uh, they'll reciprocate. They'll treat you well in return. Definitely. So if you're looking for a gift for dad, that would be my recommendation. Look into the flat top grill. Have you tried a steak on it? That's one thing I haven't, and you know I still have my traditional uh, grill next to it. I've got them side by side and I've been thinking about getting rid of it, but the steak and the brats are the two things I haven't done yet that I want to try. Uh, I would say if you really want to get a good steak experience, sous vide your steak first and then finish it on the flat top mm, okay. with, with like a little bit of a weighted press on it. Sure. Cause yeah, then you, you're covering more surface area to, to get that, that mired reaction that, that kind of crust. Yep. So yeah, they're, uh, they're a great way to do it. You won't have the lines that you will with the traditional grill, but yeah. come on, those are superficial anyway. They are. They so are. Would, you, would you recommend having the thermopen then so you're still cooking by temp? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think there's, as far as temperature gauging, there's two good ones, right? Like something that you can leave in that will get you in the ballpark, right? And then always have your trusty thermopen that's, it, to be honest, they're expensive, but totally worth the investment. It's one of the buy once, cry once mentalities. Mm-hmm. I got to go with the option three. That finger. <laughs> Just a little poke. Yeah, a gross, poke. man. Yeah. Well, you know, the heat takes care of it. I wash the hands before I cook sure. at least once. Sure, sure. <laughs> no, you know, I've, 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 I've heard the theories like, you, you know, the, the muscle in your thumb is, you know, if you make a fist, that's, that's uh, well done. Honestly, like... If you're going to make it Instagram-worthy, get it temped, man. Like, you want to hit that 130, 135 every time. And steaks are different, man. I'm, I'm built different than you guys. And, uh, you know, my steak might be a little bit more marbled. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where temperature doesn't lie. It's kind of like flying without instrumentation. Like, yeah, the ground looks like it's down far enough, but boom. Uh, comes up quickly. <laughs> I guess. I guess I'm just the maverick. You are. You, you are me a, you yeah. Give me a glass of bourbon and a clean right hand. I'll, I'll be able to temp your steak. Do you know when mm. it's done by the hand or the bourbon? Oh, 
bit of both. <laughs> I like that old school cooking. <laughs> All right, I think those are a good idea. All right, I got, I got one. I've been thinking about something with the holidays coming up here. You know, you look at all of these toys for the kids, and I always think back to when I was getting the G.I. Joe action figures. I always wondered what accessory I would come with, you know? Yeah. Like, I, w- I would want a big backpack, I think. Like, probably not a gun. For you? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, like, coming with a, I'm coming with a backpack. Like, he's a... Okay, so, so <laughs> keep your mind out of the gutter. Okay. But if I'm playing with you... <clears throat> You're gonna have a backpack, like that's that's what yeah. I get to play with. As I get a back, I get a big backpack. Will okay. it be like the Eric action? <laughs> well, maybe figure maybe I get a backpack. Will be like a traveling bar. Maybe I can you open the tra- it up and there's yeah. little bottles. I get a traveling bar. I get a tra- yeah, the traveling bar. It opens the top. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. You were losing me a little bit. I was seeing, you know, rulers and trap keepers. And- no, no, I'm not Dora the Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the rolling the rolling backpack. All bar. right, I can get down with that. The bourbon. Yeah. 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 Anybody else think what they would have if they were? Oh, I, I think yeah. I mean, be a grill. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just a a little little walk behind. <laughs> something on wheels. On wheels. Yeah, a little portable, little portable smoker. This is feeling like a segment of like the Family Guy or King of the Hill or something. Yeah. Like you guys, <laughs> I want a jetpack. I want to go flying around. <laughs> you guys are doing domestic duty with your with your superhero kit. I want the unreleased Boba Fett backpack with the launching rocket. There you go. Oh, there yeah. you go. But also, I want a uh, boat, too. A boat? So, yeah. Like, Barbie's got her Jeep. I want a boat. So, you're the action right. figure that comes with a vehicle now? Oh, yeah. No. I mean, does that, does that sound narcissistic? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I deserve it. He comes with a little rowboat. Yeah. yeah. No. With a trolling, a trolling motor. It's, huh. a, it's a dinghy. I'll, t- I'll take what I can get. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what kind of money we have left in the budget. And I was thinking the uh, karate chop action. Just a little lever on my back. Yeah, I like arm that. Arm up and down. I think your arm would go the other way, though. To it karate's up. up. It karate's up. I wish there were video on this podcast so you could <laughs> see these two fools doing their karate chop. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, was he so proud? <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, uh, let's bring our guest on for tonight. You guys ready to do that? Sure. Certainly. Right. Welcome to the show, Matt Mines who's originally from Buffalo, New York, now in Ushuaia, Argentina, home of South America's only full-size ice hockey rink. Welcome to the show, Matt. I think I want to know, how does a guy from Buffalo end up in the South American capital of outdoor hockey? Dude, the hockey gods. That's, that's the, the short answer is the hockey gods. They brought me here. Everyone, everyone has a place. Some guys go to the show and... Some guys end up at the end of the earth, apparently. <laughs> I, I feel like all roads lead to beer league. Uh, is beer league a popular concept uh, down there in Ushuaia? We actually just had our first beer league last season. So our, our season is from June to August, um, well, June to September. And uh, the first ever beer league uh, in this in this community uh, just happened. So... It's, it has, has a lot to do with uh, the history of, of this area and, and why. Because a lot of those kids, when they first started playing, now they're adults. So the first generation of beer league, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's amazing. <laughs> like, Tell- there's, no one, there's, there's no one older than that. 
So give everyone a little bit of a, um, a recap of the geography, and you know, we've kind of alluded to it, but tell us where you're from and, and where you're, um, sorry, where you're currently from, and give us a little description of the area. Oh, yeah, right on. Um, so we're in Ushuaia, Argentina, and it's the southernmost city on the planet. Uh, <laughs> it's the very southern tip of, of, uh, and of, uh, pardon, <laughs> Um, Argent- it's a, it's the southernmost tip of Argentina. It's the last stop before Antarctica. So typically if all the tourism that comes through here is mostly people going to Antarctica, they want to get that stamp on the passport. So we're literally the southernmost city on the planet at the very Southern tip of South America. I think that's amazing. And I'm looking at some pictures from the area that you're in and seeing the mountains and the beautiful outdoor rinks. And it just looks like an absolute godsend for people that like outdoor hockey. No, yeah, it's, it's, um, here, but I stayed, uh, because of this community and, and just the atmosphere of this place. I didn't stay for the money. <laughs> that's for sure. How did your, how did, I mean, you, you grew up in, in Buffalo. How did your, what did your parents say when you said, Hey, I'm, I'm moving to Argentina? Um, well, I, I left Buffalo to move to New York city, uh, after, after university, I wanted to try out, you know, like, Hey, I got, I got this new degree. I got to go try it out. I was uh, doing computer animation, art and design. And I, I got a, a small job at, uh, you know, a, a little TV production place that was, that was actually doing like, um, like the, the, the high five, they called it, which was stock market stuff. And I was putting the little lower thirds when they come in like, Hey, I'm Josh. And it says, Josh, you know, <laughs> on the bottom. And, uh, I was doing that for a little while and I didn't like it. I hated sitting in front of, front of a computer. So I went home to visit home and, uh, my brother's hockey, you know, uh, one of my brother's hockey games and I smelled the rink again. And I was like, no, this is what I got to do. So I moved back to New York city and, uh, said, this is what I'm going to do. And on the bus ride on the way there, I called every rink in the area in New York city. And I I said, I'll mop the floors. I don't care. I'll do whatever. And I started working in in New York city at at a hockey rink and quickly became a skill development coach. And, um, so the, the story kind of goes like, I was got, I got tired of that as well. I got tired of coaching for, you know, private lessons for $120 an hour. And uh, I felt like there was something better that I could do with, with hockey. And I left for South America. (laughs) I just said, you know what, there's gotta be somewhere, somewhere that there's not so many coaches, somewhere that someone really really needs uh someone who knows what they're talking about and uh so i moved to ecuador actually first i spent three years in ecuador coaching and slowly made my way down to the end of the earth oh did you move down there and my parents matt really quick did you move down yeah but my oh you go ahead no, yeah, but, but yeah, my, my parents uh, have, has, have always thought that I was a little bit crazy. So <laughs> when, I, when I said I was moving to South America, it was no surprise. <laughs> so when you chose South America, did you go down there blind or had you made any inquiries into Ecuador or any other hockey-related things down in South America? Or did you like read an article somewhere that said they were looking for coaches or were you just like, I'm going to pack up and I, no, I chose a country and I'm just going to yes. go there and see? 
Yeah, so um, I was also I'm also a woodworker. I'm also a carpenter. So in the summers, um, when I was living in New York City, I would I would go back to the woods in in New York and build log cabins. And my mentor, uh, my my carpenter mentor, he's a world traveler, uh, Bill Castle. He's he's an amazing amazing guy, and he he kind of traveled the whole world. But for a few years in a row, he kept going to Ecuador. I was like, hey, you know, like, why, why you keep going back to the same place? You know, you want to see everything. He's like, no, I found the spot that I like. So I said, all right, this year I'm going with you. So since I decided I was going with him, I said, hey, well, you know, why not look into hockey, you know, as a, as a hockey coach? So I, I started searching around and asking everyone, is there any hockey in Ecuador? And uh, finally found a, a, actually a group of, of uh, extranjeros, um, Americans, Canadians, Russians, who played hockey in, in the shopping mall and the only ice rink that, that was available. And they said, yeah, you know, there's actually a group of uh, Ecuadorians also that are learning how to play. So when I went, I went with my, with my skates and gloves and uh, decided to, to start coaching in Ecuador as well. And it went really well. I really love, I, I actually really miss uh, all those guys in Ecuador. They actually come here to visit now. So it's, it worked out. <laughs> So, so how did you make the jump then? You were happy in Ecuador. What made you uh, move to further south in South America to Ushuaia? Um, well, while in Ecuador, everyone kept talking about this ice rink in Argentina. Um, it's the only full-size ice rink in all of South America. So there are a few full-size ice rinks in Mexico, but that's not South America. That's Central America. In South America there's no full size ice rinks except for this one at the end of the earth. So everyone kept talking, Oh, we have to go down there. It's, it looks so awesome. And so that's, that's always been the story. So in Ecuador, I met a girl and she was Argentine. And so when it was time to, to finally leave Ecuador, we decided, Hey, let's go to Argentina. And uh, I, the rest is history. I just, I just kept going south. I just kept going. She, so the weird thing is, is, I actually opened a restaurant in Ecuador, and we made chicken wings and pizza. Oh. And, and, and yeah, oh yeah, and now chicken wings are in every restaurant in that whole in that whole city, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Every uh, Chinese place, every Mexican taco place, everything has chicken wings now, which is pretty awesome. Uh, we kind of started a thing there on accident. But she would, so I opened a restaurant and, she, and I needed someone to serve tables and someone said, Hey, there's this traveling girl going through and she's looking for a job. So like, yeah, bring her in. And, uh, that's how I met her. So I sold my half of the restaurant and, uh, we, we traveled South, kept going more and more South. I mean, I, I feel like we can now have to ask, uh, about your chicken wings. <laughs> I mean, what was, oh, what yeah, was, well, what I mean, was your, what was the house? What was the house flavor of the chicken wings? Well, I couldn't get Frank's, uh, so I couldn't do buffalo. I couldn't do real, true buffalo chicken wings. But I was actually growing my own cayenne peppers, and I made my own my own uh, Frank's Red Hot. Uh, so I did that. But actually, the the, the most the most popular was the, I. You know what mora is? Uh, there's barbecue mora. I did a barbecue mora, which is like um, passion fruit. No, Mike, so I did a barbecue is? passion. Not familiar. Mora. Hmm. Wow. 
There's Mora is Mora. I'm sorry, Mora is um uh, like a red a red berry, and then Madaguja is the passion fruit. I'm sorry, I mixed those two up. But I was doing like fruity barbecue sauces that were locally grown fruits, and that's what was the most popular. Some of the guys, some of the people there like the hot, but it's hot sauce is not a thing, uh, a big a big thing in South America. Anything spicy, anything spicier than than garlic is too spicy for most of South America, which is interesting. <laughs> I didn't realize that. And what did you? I'm assuming you did New York yeah. style pizza. Um, actually we did uh, brick fire pizza. So I, I built, uh, with my partner, uh, we, we built a, um, a wood, a wood, uh, fire, fire oven. And, uh, we did, we did brick fire pizza. So they were small pizzas. They were like, um, you know, bigger than a personal pan pizza, like a personal pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like little small brick fire pizzas. So did you, did you bring, did you bring this love of food down to the rink? Do you have a concession stand now? No, actually, well, so the the rink down here is owned by the the municipalidad. So, and it's uh, it's it, it has a, it has a restaurant now, and uh, it's kind of overpriced. I think I, I don't want to get into that too much. It's kind of a bummer. You, you can't you can't get a hot dog and a coffee without you know spending spending a, a, a buttload, but. That that is the plan for the future is to is to is to, is to build a new rink here someday and and uh, have the pro shop and the and the pizza and wings. <laughs> well, you have the municipal rink. Like, what is what is the standard use for that? Like, are there high school teams that are playing there? Or is there a countrywide um, you know hockey tournament that's played there annually, or is it pretty much just the locals use it? And just some diehards might come down from, you know, from from up north to, to play it. Is it just like a bucket list thing, or what do you all get right. going there? So, so we so right now there's currently three clubs. There's Club Endino, which is the I, I coach Club Endino. There's Nieres, which is the name of a local tree, and then there's Vulter, which means the vultures. Those three uh, local clubs here, and then there's another city about two and a half hours away that has another three clubs. Within those six clubs, we we kind of have games on the weekends. The clubs train individually, and then we kind of mix them together. There's no stable like house league or learn to skate or anything currently. I've been working so hard to get that going, but it's all done internally inside of each club. So the rink actually is mostly public skate. They, for example, the clubs, we, we made and maintain our own nets. The, the rink does not even own their own nets. Wow. Wow. We go there at the beginning of the season and we paint the lines on the ice. The kids go and paint the lines on the ice. They, they want really nothing to do with the sport. Um, and it's sad, but it's, and it's growing and they starting to realize how big it's getting and, and how they, they should probably put more, a little bit more love into it. But the kids here, the players here, do you, do you need, do you need to, that is man, do you need to take a break to take your dog outside? Oh, that, that dog is outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's, <awesome. laughs> That's a wild wolf. <laughs> all right. All right. 
Yeah, that's my neighbor's dog. Uh, he's barking at the at my other neighbor's dog. Welcome to South America. <laughs> I feel the love. So, so Matt, um, hockey equipment is pretty expensive. Um, what do you guys do to get your gear down there? Um, well, we don't. That's the thing. That, that and that's a huge issue. Um, it's super difficult to get equipment down here. Um, the the import tax to this island is 150%. So that's why we make a lot of things locally and maintain them locally. Um, so a $100 hockey stick, once it gets here, is $250. What? And you're, we're also making a lot less money working off of the peso and not making dollars. So that's a huge part of why I started making hockey sticks. And it's a huge part of why I bought industrial sewing machines and everything else to maintain equipment. That's because a- without without these services, a lot of people would stop playing or would be playing with with broken equipment. Are you, are you having to walk up into the mountains to get like sticks to make hockey sticks, or what are you what are you using for those? No, yeah, we um. Well, there's the wood that we use is called lenga, and lenga is is only grown here. It's a tree that that's only here on this island. And uh, it ends up being perfect for making hockey sticks, which is amazing because I tried this project throughout my travels from Ecuador to here, and it just didn't work out. And uh, finally, when I got to the last stop, that's when it finally <laughs> it finally clicked, and the wood that we're using here is is perfect for it. But no, um, we're carpenters. Um, you know, how, like a lot of places would be like specific to one one job like oh we make tables we make chairs we make windows or doors mm-hmm. well for here it's a we're community-based carpenteria so we literally make everything that anyone in the neighborhood needs when someone comes in we need a window we make that when someone comes in and needs this or that we make those we do a lot of uh things for tourism and everything else for the local shops uh we're entrepreneurs for other entrepreneurs and so we end up making a lot of things for the local community, but at the same time, we started this other project of the hockey sticks, and uh, and started the pro shop. So now we have a skate sharpener and everything else, and and that that side project is a whole nother thing. How are you? So how are you? How are you? We, how are you bending the sticks to get that curve on them? Um, with vapor, uh, with, with a, a steam box. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm. It's Spanglish, uh, the vapor. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, with this, <laughs> uh, we use I. So once I have the blades um, glued into the to the shafts and the supports, I put them into a steam box, and uh, about an hour and a half later, I can put them into a mold and and uh, and curve them up. And I have specific molds uh, for each curve. I have and I make them by hand. But um, we do gener- generally we stick to 88s and 92s, but there are a lot of players here who have specific curves, and I have their names written on their on their molds, <laughs> and <laughs> so they can feel like really professional. Like, yeah, I got I got my own stick, I got my own curve, you know. And <laughs> it's like it's it's like treating a small community of hockey like as if uh, you know they're the most important people on the planet, which is really what this is all about. I think that's amazing. Um... How does that stick? How does that wood feel? You know, the game has changed. I've been playing probably 30 plus years and I started out with the all yeah. wood sticks that at the time I didn't know how heavy they were. 
And now we move on to these composite sticks that are really light, but have a lot of, of kick and power in them. So what do your sticks feel like? Do they, yeah. Are they retro like that or, or is it a lighter wood? No, it actually is. It's, it's, in, it's actually pretty amazing that uh, Lenga is actually incredibly light um, and it has a lot of flexibility to it. So my sticks are about 80 grams heavier than a composite stick, which is not bad yeah. for a wooden stick. That's pretty good. They're I, a lot lighter. Yeah, they're a lot lighter than the old wooden sticks. And, and I'm very proud of that. Um, down to the, like, I, I make the junior sticks and they're almost the same. They're, they're, I think they're like 15 to 20 grams heavier than a composite stick. And I'm super excited about that. This wood is actually, because we're giving kids a stick that has a, um, I actually have a flex meter. The local university made me a, um, a, a flex, we call it the, the the, the flexometer is like English, <laughs> like I don't know. But I can put I can put each stick into this, and it, it gives me a read on exactly the the flex, and I can put the flex on a wooden stick. Like so, each stick on the rack has a specific flex to it, because you know how wood can be a little different here and there. Yeah, yeah. So, but the kids are the kids are able to buy a stick that is the 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 appropriate flex for them, so they can buy a stick that's twenty five to thirty dollars and get the same out of it as, as buying a composite stick. And that's, what's really like, like that's part of why I stayed here and, and I'm still doing this is, is we're actually doing something pretty amazing. We're, we're getting something accessible and affordable for a local uh, hockey culture. And, and they're being able to practice at the highest level they can possibly practice at. That's amazing. Is there a website or anywhere else that any of our listeners are interested to learn more, either to donate or maybe purchase something in your pro shop? Um, well, we can't ship out. So that's another thing. Everything is local. If you want to buy something from our company, you have to come down here. Um, we don't, we don't ship anything out. It's, it's because literally you'd be buying a $40 stick with $300 in shipping. So we just don't even do it. Um, but yeah, TIPO nine, uh, it's T I P O. And then the number nine and then N I N E TIPO nine. It's Spanglish also TIPO means type. So it's type nine in English, but TIPO nine uh, on YouTube, TIPO nine on Instagram, TIPO nine uh, on Facebook as well. All right, we gotta we gotta find a way. We gotta find somebody going down there to bring us some sticks back up. We gotta yep. we gotta make an exchange. Well, we've been talking yeah. about doing a world <clears> tour. Well, gotta, we have a bunch of places in Canada. You gotta come. You got to come down with the the Friendship League because uh, the Friendship League comes down here and brings brings a group of people every every few years. And they, every time someone comes here, they don't want to leave. I don't think uh, I don't I don't League know is, if Jimmy is, I don't know if Jimmy would be able to play in that. He doesn't. Uh, he's he, he's not always friendly. Well. He's, not, he's not that friendly. He's not that friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got all these kids. No. You you got all these kids. You're making sticks for them. You know, are they are they advancing through Universidad? Are they going well, to different leagues to play in? Where where are these kids going once they start playing? Well, yeah. Um, when I got here in 2019, there was about 100 hockey players on the island, and there's now now there's close to 800 um, with this accessibility of of um, of sticks. That that has a huge uh, part of it, but as as well as better coaching and understanding of the game, but. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, I now have a kid. One of my alumni is now playing junior A in uh, Vigreville, the Vigreville Vipers in in Alberta. Uh-oh. He's playing junior A. He's he's on the third line. He's you know he's not he's not on the on the on the first line, but he's got a few goals and a few assists this season so far. 
And uh, we're super proud of him. And he's what he's doing really is bringing back a lot of information that he can share with his peers, which is just uh, enormous. Uh, as well, the national selection for Argentina has been getting better and better every year. There is a mixture of a few Argentine gringos, you know, like uh, their grandparents or parents are Argentine, but they live in the United States, mixed with the kids from here and a few roller hockey players from, from Buenos Aires as well. And that is uh, amazing. They're actually playing, um, in 2024, they're playing the Men's Development Cup in, in uh, Trofa, Portugal, um, in mid-April. And like, this is another thing, like hockey in Latin America is getting a lot bigger. So through the development cup in, in Portugal is Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, Greece, Ireland, Portugal. And I can't, I can never say it right. It's like, let, let, let <laughs> is another country okay. that's, in that, that's in that tournament. <laughs> Lechtenstein. Yeah. Lechtenstein. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, Argentina, Brazil, and Colombia is in the IIHF Men's Development Cup with Greece, Ireland, Portugal, and Liechtenstein. So South America, in, in those other countries, Brazil and Colombia don't have ice rinks. They all practice in roller hockey. And the majority of players in South America practice in roller hockey, but still are pushing to get this development for ice hockey. And it's really amazing. But I have to say, Argentina is definitely the the best team out of, out of the out of the group right now. But, right. Um, there's a there's it's called there's the Amerigo Latam Cup every year at the Florida Panthers Ice Den. It's around September October, and for the last two years, Ar- uh, Argentina has been taking the gold. Um, Puerto Rico stole it from us one for for one season, but uh, that's all right because they're they're all from New York City. They're not they're, they're not from Puerto Rico. <laughs> so so Matt, I was just going to ask you about that Amerigold tournament. Two of my childhood friends played in that, um, and so I assumed <laughs> that those players were American born, but a descent uh, Argentinian descent. I didn't realize that there could have been some actual players from Argentina there. Um, so Ron and Neil yeah, Sosa. There, there are- if you're listening, yep. <laughs> you know, congratulations yep. on those no, victories. Some of, some of our, yeah, some of, some of our boys from down here are playing on that team as well. Um, including, including Alejo, Mr. Letty, who is now playing in, in junior A in Canada and Pedro Baeza, who has Pedro Baeza is born and raised here, born and raised pond hockey player. Until I got here, he never had a, a coach. He learned on his own just playing pond hockey, and he's never missed an Argentine uh, national selection game in the history of Argentina hockey. Wow. So go, going right from pond hockey to – and listen to this, dude. This is insane. Last season, he wore two different skates because he broke his blade. So he was borrowing a skate from one of from one of my friends and using his other skate, his, his other – his other skate. He never said a word. He never complained. He never batted an eye. I didn't even realize it until I looked really close and say, wait, why are you wearing two different skates? <laughs> and he's like, oh, no problem. Doesn't matter. No, no, you know, doesn't matter. No, no, no problem. You know, and like, that's the kind of hockey that, that's here. These kids would play with, with newspapers on their shins they, with, without even batting an eye. 
You know what I mean? Like their parents used to make their equipment for them. I've seen some of this equipment, like their parents used to make their, their gloves. Their parents used to make their pants. They wore mountain climbing helmets with barbecue grills attached to the front of them as helmets. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I'm, all right, all right, all right. And, all this, right. and, this, <laughs> and this isn't, this isn't, this isn't 1970, you know, this is in 2010 they were doing this. Like these guys will play hockey with anything. I think I think like, I, I think we got I think we got to send you down some stuff. I think we got to send we got we got to take a collection and send you down some sticks and stuff. But I mean, you're missing his point. It's the player. It's, the it's play- not I, the gear. It, it, yeah, it's the player. Now, no, the one it thing is, and 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 the love of it, the love of it is why the the, the true passion to want to play hockey, no matter what. That is what I fell in love with, and that's why I stayed. Yeah, I totally and, and believe in no, that. And there's no parents. There's no parents screaming over the over the glass. Everyone's just happy. I've never had to tell a, a parent to quiet down or hey, be be chill with your kid. They just they just love being a part of it, and they just love playing. There's no hockey community I've ever seen in my life that is like this, and and that that's why I'm here. Yeah, now you said these guys grew up playing pond hockey. Um, the the yeah. question I have, we were talking earlier, um, both uh, both of these guys with ODRs here are fretting over the very short duration of our winters now. You guys being in the most southern mm-hmm. point of of the earth, basically. Um, what is that? There's a, isn't there a nickname for your city? Isn't it like the last place on earth or something? Yeah, Fin del Mundo. The end of the earth. End of the earth. Yeah. End of the earth. Um, what weather-wise? Yeah. How many months of winter you get? Is it twelve? Is it ten? <laughs> for outdoor hockey, right? For, no, yeah, for um, outdoor. Well, the southern hemisphere is warmer than the northern hemisphere. Yeah. Um, you know, so they they start the refrigeration up, and we have the we have the outdoor rink from June first until whenever it starts getting crappy which is around mid-September. As far as pond hockey, it's only like July, like sometimes the last week of June, but it's only July and August that we have pond hockey in, in the city. Mm-hmm. If you go mountain climbing and you go up, up, up into the mountains, yeah, the, the ice is frozen a lot earlier and a lot later. Um, You'll you'll have the same amount of time though, but really it's only three to four months that um, that we have for ice hockey here, and that's why we train in roller hockey the rest of the season. Wow, well, it beats the outdoor and season. Roller right hockey down. here is yeah the out the out the, the the problem with uh, roller hockey here is that there is no roller hockey rink, and we end up playing in whatever gym will allow us to mark up their floors. So we put we practice roller hockey without boards. Um, so it's hard to like train, you know, like, uh, you can't like train, like picking the puck up off the board and making a pass, you know, we have to train more, um, just skill development of, of skating, shooting and passing and uh, a little bit of systems before we go to, we, then we go to a tournament in Buenos Aires or in, in another Northern, Northern city. And that's the first time the kids play with boards and they play with boards, their first game of the tournament. So it's, uh, but they still are, are, are winning tournaments and, and doing great. Like this is uh, the hockey city of South America, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm going to say that in, until it becomes true. 
Yeah, it is, Matt, it has been a treat talking with you. We are going, we might have to have you on uh, next year once we see what you got going on, but we're going to have to wrap it up for tonight. I mean, it's been, it's been, it's been a treat talking with you, man. No, thanks so much for letting me share the story of, uh, of this place. And I really appreciate it. And I love your guys' podcast. I I can't wait to catch the next one. Thank you so much. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing down there. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. All Keep right, in man. touch. All right, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, that, truly, the pictures are beautiful. Um, and the fact that it's a summer hockey destination makes it a little I bit easier to travel. I can't wrap my head around the fact that he's, like, skating in June, July. I can't wrap my head around the fact that it's three months. <laughs> it's the <laughs> right? gateway to Antarctica. How the hell is that not frozen more? Well, you can throw a rocket hit Antarctica. Yeah. And making making homemade sticks that are <clears throat> nearly the same weight as composites with flexibility in wood. I mean, that's that's ingenious. I wish shipping wasn't three hundred fifty dollars. I'm tempted. I know. You want one, Mike? Too. Sorry. Do you want a stick from Argentina? Of course. I mean, he doesn't want a stick. He wants one of those helmets with the grill face <laughs> <laughs> up in the store. Have you thought about that for your holiday season? Uh, yeah. S- selling. Well, I. I yeah, I, I don't know if I need to go down to Argentina. I may just make one. All right. Yeah, why not? Yeah. But yeah, no, I think it, I think a stick would be pretty cool. Stick yeah. would look good in Garage Bar. It would. All right, let's work on it. The shield curve. I mean, I figure if we're getting four, right? We get four sticks? Yeah, but I mean, we could probably just cut a tree down in your backyard and whittle one. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not going to play with it. <laughs> well, that's one way to look at it. Uh, all right, boys. All right. Good, good episode. A lot of knowledge tonight. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about soccer. Oh, my We didn't get to have the messy Mardona conversation. Is that a a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Get him back on the line. We'll we'll save that for next time. Yeah. Or talking about Scott Norwood. We could have, we didn't give him any shit about that. Oh, my God. You're right. You're right. There were so many things. My notes were, yeah, lacking. Your notes? Oh, did you actually have notes on I, that? I, <laughs> I just assume you're watching YouTube videos on that. I, I have. <laughs> I've been watching him skate. All right, shut it down. I'm Eric. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And also Mike. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>